Welcome to another Dragonlance Saga Hangout. It is Lenara's Pale's Wealth the 27th. My name is Adam, and today I'm being joined by three gentlemen from the Nexus. Chuck, John, Travis, how you guys doing? Hey, guys. Good. Terrific. And we're here to shit all over a new book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, I mean, let's just sort of dive into that, because I think that's going to be a conversation that spirals out to a a broader topic that uh, Chuck and I were sort of brainstorming here. Hey, Jeff, thanks for tuning in live. And anyone else after the fact, if you're joining in live, uh, put in YouTube chat what you thought of Dragons of Fate or any of the new novels. And just if you have any disagreements with what we have to say, let us know. We'd love to have an open conversation with you about uh, your, your perceptions of Dragonlance and uh, all that that entails. So anyone have any opening thoughts about Dragons of Fate? Uh, Love it, like it, want more of it. I liked it. Uh, I thought it was fun. I thought it was an improvement over um, um, the over the uh, first one. Um, I do think it wasn't quite balanced on characters, though. Mm -hmm. um, I think my one critique of this. Um, is Destina. And, you know, the fir first novel we see her and you're like, okay, she she's all right, maybe a little spoiled, you know, but she she's all right. And then she goes downhill and you don't want to hang out with her at all. I mean, she's just, you know, becomes something that she, you know, be becomes something that you, you don't like, you know, and on purpose. And in this uh, novel, um, there's a lot of spotlight like on uh, Raceland and Sturm, and understandably so with the themes going on in this novel, but um, I didn't feel like Destina got a chance to shine or grow uh, very much. Yeah, she was pretty much absent <laughs> for the majority of the novel. And when she wasn't, she was waiting for Tass. Yeah, which was also another interesting choice. <laughs> uh, John, what did you think about Taz in this novel? He's better in this one than the first. Um, in this, even though he was absent, yeah. um, I do kind of <laughs> like the, uh, the the dragon lance that he went off to find, um, and that's, he, he swears that that's the dragon lance they were looking for. Really? Uh, so I, I I like that. I thought it was funny. Um, it, I guess it served its purpose. Um, my motto for this book would be: if you haven't read The Legend of Huma, this would be a great book. <laughs> right. If you have, yeah. then uh, sorry, Mr. Knack, um, but it kind of shits all over your story. I, actually, sorry. Actually, I I have a theory on this. Oh. Think of the River of Time, and if you look back at um, uh, Legends of Twins, which we did uh, for the D twenty era, we talked in there about. Um, uh, six alternate timelines. The river of time forks. So as it goes on, you know, you've got one fork, which is the Weiss and Hickman human timeline, and another fork, which is uh, the legend of human. Alternately, it can be explained in terms of, um, think of like King Arthur, right? King Arthur has so many legends and stories about him, and none of them are quite true. So that might be the case here as well. You know, we've got the Weiss and Hickman legend. We've got um, Nax legend and so on. But does King Arthur always include the same characters? Surely there's always uh, Lancelot and Guinevere. And, uh, uh, there, there's no Kaz. There's no I miss Kaz. <laughs> The, the location was different, um, and it just seems like it was for no reason other than they didn't want to use somebody else's version of the story. Do you think that's what it was? That they didn't want to use Nax stuff? They wanted to keep it all just their own original? I, I feel like it. I don't know, of course, but mm -hmm. it's just uh, that they wanted to keep it in their own universe. And not be beholden to somebody else's story, I guess. Right. Well, what do you think, Chuck? 
about the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my my feelings on the book, it's it's fine. It's it's a fine read. Um, it's got some issues with locations and plots and details. Um, it doesn't line up with other recent Hickman resources. I mean, they, they list references in the back, mm-hmm. but if you look in those references compared to what what you have in the book it's it's apples and oranges types that comparisons um which which is bad i mean maybe book three will will fix what's being what happens mm-hmm. um and and solve this but even go back to book one there was a lot of um what you would call errors made compared to like dragons of winter night from book one yeah so i mean these aren't new things coming up it's it's been consistent so far that even before they they time traveled you know when they talked about the nightly orders they went against the nightly orders they established themselves in book two one two and three in chronicles yeah so i mean there was uh, even, oh sorry go ahead no go ahead you say there's even inconsistencies just in like the lost chronicles when comparing it to the chronicles mm-hmm. so this this does seem to be a tradition of theirs <laughs> Yep. So I mean, I kind kind of expect it to happen, and, and you kind of just roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it gets kind of frustrating when when you're, you know, I spent you know you spend 20 years researching a fantasy world and learning its history, and then you start being like looking at me like, well, is it all correct? Is it all wrong? Um, do we just throw everything out and just make up whatever as right. as the truth? I mean, even their rules of time travel, this book, don't mesh up with their rules of time travel from Legends or Dragons of the Vanished Moon. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, ah. Like, just give me give me a consistency with the same set of authors, even. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, granted, it's been nearly 40 years, but at the same time, you know, if they're anything like, me they think about Dragonlance like a lot you know and they have to know their own material when talking with fans so I don't know well and they have a consultant that they could fall back on I think that's the worst part of all of it is (laughs) like I would feel bad if I was him (laughs) because he's being like called out like everyone's pointing at him like He's the one that kept us on track. He's the one that, you know, the reason why this story shaped out the way it is. And he's just like, no, (laughs) like, I I would love to talk to him and just ask him, like, did you really, did you try to correct things? Did you just not know? Like, how, how can you reconcile and or justify the wild inconsistencies throughout these two novels with everything that preceded it? Because that tells me that you're not an expert or they didn't listen to anything they, that you suggested to change. And then they still claim that you had a shape, uh, a hand in shape, shape, shaping out the story. You know, it's very strange. I don't know. You know, I, I don't like criticizing individuals at times. And there's stuff that we don't know um, from behind the scenes. Um yeah. You know, were there little things that <clears throat> that um, Weissen Hickman put in um, place as kind of a um, you know like a red herring to say, oh well that that's not right, and you know what if the story actually started in an alternate reality and we didn't know? Hmm. Um, you know, there there's things like that, and I'm. I I try to be fair and I try to criticize works and not people. Mm-hmm. And that that's just me. Um but um yeah, you know, cuz like I've seen um Gene Raby get beat up on quite a bit for um uh the Dragons of a New Age trilogy. Right. And you know, I've met Gene. She's a wonderful woman. Just really nice person. And doesn't deserve all that hate. And people don't understand that she was under a lot of editorial um, uh, direction and influence. And so, you know, there there's stuff behind the scenes we don't know here. Now, mm-hmm. also, being fair, um, you know, there is 
40 years of Dragonlance materials out there um, and a uh, wiki. Um, and, um, you know, so there's plenty to reference. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do want to sort of put this out there as a sort of a blanket statement for arguably anything that I ever discuss on this channel in any sort of format is that we should never be attacking individuals for anything. I think criticism is fair, especially when you're involved in helping produce or create something. Um, mm -hmm. But from an individual point of view, like, you know, be your best version of you. And, and that's, I don't, I don't, you know, doesn't matter to me, like, like live your life. And, you know, I'm not going to judge you as a human being. I'm just going to judge you through the creative works that you're presenting. So, you know, I, I still desperately love Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman as authors, even if I don't agree with choices that they make, but they've been facing criticism since Sturm, you know, all the way back. So it's not as if they're not used to making editorial choices that consciously or not um, affect readers, you know, I mean, we, and so I guess maybe this is a good turning point to sort of uh, alter the course just briefly here of the conversation. Are we being unfair when we criticize the novels when we have no hand in creating them? What do you guys think? I think that's a tough one to say because you're presented a work of someone's work and they're presenting it as as even when you read through the table of uh, the synopsis in the front of the book, it doesn't actually match with what the story is about. So if I'm being sold this bill of goods about what's happening in these stories, but yet when I read the story, that bill of goods that was the synopsis of what's happening in these events is nothing, not the main points of the story. Mm -hmm. I feel we've had some miscommunications some some sort of issues with that. So Sometimes it comes down just how marketing works with these books too. I mean, if it's being marketed in a way that makes sense, like, you know, we're revisiting a world and this is an alt world or not an alt world. Like, I think as a reader, I, I'm, I'm entitled to know it's a little bit a nugget of like truth there. Because mm -hmm. if I don't have that any, any information to, to base anything on, I'm going to base it on what I already know which is 40 years of history. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because while I, I disagree with some of the choices that Disney's making with Star Wars, for example, at least they did straight up say, all of that is legends, we're going to do our own thing from here on out. Um, right. Like it or not, at least that was a statement made. In this particular case, the only sign we got of that is the classics reference on top of the old school logo. And so that arguably should give us a clue that, okay, they are going to be deviating. I thought it meant they're going to be deviating from what Watsi's doing moving forward. I didn't realize that they're going to be deviating from their own stuff. Well, okay. So I'm glad you brought that up because I have a theory mm -hmm. and it's just a theory. I might be overthinking this, but as I'm prone to do, um, but my theory is that, with chaos involved and you have all these timelines, um, you're going to land up with a series of different timelines. You know, one will be pure Weiss and Hickman. One uh, could be like a legends with the other classic authors. Cause let's face facts, unless something changes, um, we're not likely to see the other authors uh, return with new novels anytime soon. Mm -hmm. uh, which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, you could have a separate timeline then for what Watsi's putting out gaming-wise, and then so on and so forth, to where everybody's individual game is another timeline. And we, you know, we've seen stuff like that with um, uh, the Legend of Zelda, for example. Um, there's like two or three different timelines there, so it's possible we may be getting multiple timelines and you know the only ones actively being supported would be weiss and hickman's and then uh watsi's and with with the note that the dragonlance books that have come before are quote-unquote legends right but, yeah, to, to but chuck's, where's the note <laughs> exactly i mean to, to chuck's <laughs> point is that a huge marketing blunder not 
I mean, we're we're two out of three books in, right? At some point, we should know that by now. Like they should, they, it should be a statement in there, or you know, whether it's in the preface or whether it's in an interview or whether it's just the authors straight up saying it. Like they they should let us know that that's the case, rather than having us just have to speculate and and make up justifications for the choices they make, right? I mean. Is, I guess, okay, so here's the next big question. When do they have to let you know? Or do they? Like, because we're fans and we're obsessive about it, we want to know. But are authors, like, <clears throat> are they incumbent to tell us anything? I mean, do, do they have any reason to feel like they should explain their work to us? Anyone want to tackle that? Well, I mean... As paying customers, uh, you would think that you would, you know, maybe run something by them. But then again, maybe it's not supposed to be set out until perhaps uh, the third book is out and then they can reveal everything. Right. Um, you know, maybe that's part of the plan. Uh, but maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just, uh, <laughs> this is what it is. And uh, you're going to read it and you're going to like it. Um, if not, then, oh, well, you, you paid for the book or you've gotten it from your library. You've spent the time reading it or listening to it. Um, regardless of, of how you feel, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I guess they're not beholden or uh, obligated to share any information. Um, but with the authors being as beloved as they are through so many years and so many different worlds that they've been in, you would think that they'd, you know, maybe hint at it a bit. If it's going to change something drastically, that there'd be a, hey, uh, this might not be what you're expecting, or we're changing some things that were written by other authors. Um, you know, so a, a simple one line at the start of the book, such as that, could have uh, eliminated a lot of questions and mm -hmm. um, emotions. So as, as fans, Chuck, do you think we're just, we're too close to this stuff? We're too emotional about it? Should we just be more casual and not care so much? I mean, as fans, should we not care as much? I mean, the world of Dragonlance needs every fan it can get. I mean, that's, that's flat out honest there. I mean, it's a world that, I mean, for 15, almost 15 years, sat pretty dormant. Mm -hmm. You know, there wasn't anything coming out. There was no new information. So the fans we had were fans of the setting. And I think, you know, sometimes you have to remember that those fans, you want to keep a next generation going of fans. I um, mean, you're looking at third generation Dragonlance fans at this point. Right. And, and how, how are wow. they learning about Dragonlance at this point? Well, unfortunately, mainly from their parents. Um, because it's not, you know, with a new book coming out, we have actually have a new source of way to get fans into the setting. Or Watsy. You know, what's that? Or Watsy. Or Watsy? Yeah. Through the game show. Yeah. That's what I say. With the new book, like, uh, the, I was thinking of the adventure book. You actually have a chance for, for new fans to come into the setting with, with that and, and then to read these novels. Um but un until then, I mean, most of the average age of a Dragonlance fan, I would guess, would have been 40s or 50s. Mm -hmm. And we, we're, we're, we're not a young group. <laughs> I mean, if you, if, you look, if you look at here, I mean, uh, the, the baby of us is probably me. <laughs> and, I'm not, and I'm no baby, so. Um, so yeah, I got gray hair there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the, the chat briefly here. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. Uh, good to see you. Uh, Goldmoon, it's always great to see you. Thanks for tuning in. What is up, Dom Dynamite? Guten Abend from Germany. Good to see you. Free Latveria. How you doing? Thanks for tuning in. Um, let us know what you guys think about this novel and, and the, the topics that we're discussing here about um, the authors and the world that they create and then deviating from it intentionally or not, and, and whether or not fans should feel justified and they're upset with it. So Jeff makes a mention here. Didn't Weiss say that the variation of the stories is just different ways it was told throughout history? And I, I would append to that. Is that just a lazy excuse for not knowing details? 
So what, what do you guys think? Anyone want to jump on that? It, I, I don't it's know. That, that feels like the a, a potentially lazy thing. And, and the same as well as the, the gray gem and, and chaos is involved. Um, that could change things. Again, that just seems kind of an, an overused uh, trope at this point for Dragon Lance. Um, that, that they can do anything because great job. Right. Um, but, you know, there, there's also the, the fact that, you know, if you ask Margaret herself, she says she doesn't read other people's fantasy. She might not have ever read Legend of Puma. She don't know how the story goes. Um, but other people working on the project definitely have mm-hmm. and, you know, should have had some input on on the projects um, as it matured and, and advanced and got written and edited and uh, all the other steps that go into publishing a book. You know, the, the knowledge is there, um, even though if it's not firsthand, the knowledge is out there. It's easy to find. It's easy to talk to somebody that knows the knowledge. Um, like I said, just an acknowledgement of, hey, we're not going by this. We're not going by that. Uh, this is our own unique story with a different take on everything you've seen before. I, um, and the plot twist at the end, I thought was awesome. Hmm. You know, the difference at the end of, wow, you know, the, the ending was, was pretty good. Um, the, the deaths of the major characters not happening like they're supposed to happen um, was pretty pretty intense and uh, definitely you know they didn't pull any punches when it when it comes to character death and yeah did you see it coming though i didn't really (laughs) i I, I was i i I was listening you know i i listened to the stories in audible because i don't have much time for reading anymore so most of the time i'm listening on my way to and from work um, mm. but you know, I, I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think that they would change history that drastically. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was kind of going to where it's like, well, the things are still happening just in different ways, you know, which we've seen that before with, uh, the legend series, mm-hmm. but, um, it, you know, I, I just had this feeling from the second I pulled up this book, I'm like, yeah, they're going to kill off Yuma before he does his thing. And so, um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I kind of saw it coming. That doesn't mean that it took away from the enjoyment, but, um, uh, to me, it wasn't a surprise. I guess now's a good time to say this is a spoiler discussion. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. By the way, Storm dies. Storm dies. Yeah. Storm died again. Mean as a god. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, oh my god. I mean, is she anymore? I mean, who knows? This is this is a very, no, she's very asleep different... at this point. <laughs> she right. No, she got snapped out of existence. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems pretty close to that's the direction that we've ended in, where literally everything that we know at this point has drastically changed. I mean, you know, we end that novel where the dragon army has ostensibly been ruling Ancelon since the third dragon war, right? There was no cataclysm. Why Solace exists at all. I don't know, but it does apparently. And And the same people live there. Yeah. Which is so, so everything changed, but nothing changed. Kind of plot holes there. Yeah, I don't know. I, is, I mean, here's the bottom line, I guess. Even though clearly everyone has some different, you know, slightly different interpretation of this and, and may like choices or not like choices uh, throughout the course of it, did you still enjoy the novel? I mean, is it still something that you say, this is a good Dragonlance book? What do you think, Chuck? For going on terms of Dragonlance books, because, I mean... 
in terms of 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 overall book, I mean, fantasy the fan, fantasy genre has changed so much in forty years that this style of writing is definitely not the best style anymore. Um, a lot of lengthy dialogues, a lot, lot, lot of lengthy conversations that go nowhere. Um, for a Dragonlance book, this is still a fairly good book. I mean, um, it's got it's got a plot, it's got it's got action, movement, it's got some interesting characters, some interesting thoughts. Uh, does it got some head scratching moments? Sure, I can get. I have a whole shelf of Dragonlance novels there. I can pull out, and each one's got some head scratching stuff in there. You go like, what, really? What? So. I mean, yeah, I, I would, you know, I'd recommend it to other people to read. Yeah, to me, it felt like coming home. Yeah. And despite any inconsistencies, I started reading it. I'm like, I'm home again. I think fandoms are, are, are always so sort of silly, um, you know, and I'm part of them. So I, I, I'm counting myself in here, too. Whereas... We, we crave the nostalgia, and when we get it, we feel like it's deserved. But because of that, that means there's no real growth. And uh, to Chuck's point, the style of writing is Martin Weiss and Tracy Hickman from the beginning. I think they have evolved a little bit, but it's still contained within their, their sort of style. And their, you know, the, the genre has grown and evolved and changed and gotten complex and, and really um, infinitely more adult. And this has stayed the same. So is is that okay with us? I mean, clearly it is if, if we're saying that we enjoyed it. And I did enjoy it, even though I do have problems with some some choices. But can we, you know, can we really objectively give an honest opinion if we're just feeding off of nostalgia from our youth? I don't know, John, do you have anything to say about that? Um, I, I think... I think the nostalgia part plays the large part in it, but, you know, overall, you know, I've always enjoyed um, Margaret and Tracy's books. I've enjoyed Margaret's solo books. I've enjoyed Margaret's books that she's done with other people. Um, and I've always been like the, the, the super fanboy that could Margaret and Tracy could do no wrong. And my outlook has changed with this book. Like there's so many differences that it's got me scratching my head. Um, you know, like what the hell? Um, I don't know. It, the the nostalgia is there. Um, it, it feels good to be back. Um, I'm, I'm glad that this book in the series is being written. Um, I did enjoy it, but there's just, I don't know the the blatant disregard for you know another legendary author um whose works stand up you know against weiss and hickman's uh richard next legend of Huma is probably the most regarded the highest regarded book that is not written by margaret weiss and tracy hickman i um, think it's uh, real, the most real recognizable quick. i'm sorry john i interrupted um, that's fine. Uh, I was just going to say real quick, uh, Legend of Huma, I believe, is the only non-Weiss and Hickman uh, Dragonlance book to be a New York Times bestseller as well. Right, right. So it, it's got the acclaim, it's got the accolades that it that it deserves. Um, so it just kind of, I don't know, it, it felt weird that this story is so very different. Um from a story that is very much beloved by the fans of the world that they created, mm -hmm. that they would just ignore it. Yeah. I do want to, if I could, because we've talked a lot about uh, continuity um, this time, but I, I think we're missing a, a few themes of the book. Uh, one of which is what happens if you have the chance to meet your heroes? And are they what you expect them to be, or are you let down? So this is a, a literal story beat that they present. 
are you using this as a metaphor for <laughs> expectation of the new book, or are you referencing no. literally the characters? The, the characters oh. specifically, because I, I did think that was an interesting uh, point. I just, I, I didn't think they hammered it home, though. I mean, that was the premise. I think that was like on the dust jacket or something, right? I mean, it was like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen when you meet your heroes? And what happened was they were like, oh, they're a little different. They're still cool. So, yeah, yeah. It wasn't I, really like, I don't I, know. I think if we had a Sturm who, um, from pre-War of the Lands meeting uh, Huma, he might be let down quite a bit more. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Sturm had become a person very much like Huma. And, um, did he? We remembering two different Sturms here. <laughs> I mean, he died. I could be. I could. I mean, I mean, he does die in the middle of the second book of Chronicles. I mean, he barely was a night more than what two weeks. I would say he the shadow of his heart. Car- oh, good. <laughs> I I was most disappointed with the Sturm character in this book because he has all this knowledge he shouldn't have. Mm. He's like uh, he's like Sturm. He's like Sturm. Sturm, forty years after his death. That that was weird how and i don't think that was explained very well how the uh sturm and raceland are in the past they should have the knowledge they had at the start of autumn twilight and here they have the knowledge of their entire lives including their deaths you know yeah Yeah. that was that was strange i still don't understand that like the justification for it i I don't great jim (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, when you die, you can see the future. I don't know. Um, I, I thought it was every, cool. Everybody dies, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did like that Raistlin acknowledged his own future. Um, and he tells Sturm, you were right about me. Um, how does that make you feel? You know, that, that whole part, uh, I, I really enjoyed that part. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that he was able to come into and you know it made you wonder would he change in the future if he knew what he became you know would he go down that dark path if when he went back in time if he went forward that with that knowledge you know would he continue where he was going or would he uh would he change it up a bit and try to avert his own destruction right I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I think the entire the the setup of that not being fully explained. I don't even need a good explanation. Just give me an explanation. You know, they were watching in the spirit room at the gate of souls, and and suddenly their bodies were or they're forced back into their bodies painfully or something. Like, give me something so that I can then understand and rationalize <laughs> it. Because ultimately, this is all made up fantasy anyway. But we're trying to find logical leaps to the you know the sort of steps that they're presenting and there just are none there's so many of examples like that where it's just like well this is just how it is why i don't know that's just (laughs) we're gonna go in this direction why i don't know and yeah because you do have so many beloved fans whom you have interacted with in so for so many decades and you've shared laughs and drinks and meals and you know loves of stories and characters and stuff you would think you would explain it. And I guess maybe we're just so close to it. We're not able to step back and, and realize that, well, yes, they're, they're showing us that they're doing this differently strictly because it doesn't make sense. Like, do you think that that there's anything in that, that it's so dramatically different in so many ways, nonsensical ways that we don't understand that that's literally them telling us, no, no, this is different and we're doing it on purpose. You know, I, I think there's different levels of fandom. Quite honestly, I mean, if you look at fandoms of any property, um, you have some who are the uber fans who know all these little details. You know, all of us here are uber fans. Um, in John's case, he's an uber driver. but um, Used to be. Used to be. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, then you have your casual fans who are like yeah i love weiss and hickman and whenever they put out a book i'll read it you know but they're not 
like Die Hard, and they're they're just going to enjoy it. I think you have new fans, you know, and then you have toxic fans, of course, and uh, those are like the certain Star Wars fans who were threatening poor Kelly Marie Tran for her portrayal of Rose in The Last Jedi, you know. She's a wonderful lady, and she got off of Twitter because fans were just so toxic to her. Yeah. I mean, uh, that is the, the that sort of overarching statement that we sort of made early on in this conversation of, let, let's not focus on the person, let's definitely focus on the story or the creative works. Um. Because it, you know, there's there's a lot of things that just aren't justified in hating an individual for the work, you know. Oh yeah, so, like Ahmed Best, you know. Anyway, that's yeah, Star Wars that's a, is a whole different uh, tangent, you know. And yeah. but there are certain things that are relatable. Yeah, I mean, I'm a scruffy looking nerfer. I get it. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Listen, my my oldest daughter is reads. Reads Dragonland. She's read Chronicles and Legends, um, a few other of the books, and she picked up. She's been reading Dragons of Deceit and Fate. She had a lot of the same questions about like, uh, how did this happen? Like, well, they didn't explain like why they have their memories. They, they didn't tell you like, uh, how's this even possible? They only speculate on it. It's just like, okay, I have to accept the fact. So, yeah, uh, I would I would put her as a new fan, and you know, and she is questioning these things and ask me questions and she wants me to explain it to her and I'm like eh, I don't I don't know maybe 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 write Margaret a letter or Tracy a letter that's all I can tell you to do at this point yeah, yeah. do you think that yeah. this is egregious enough to be one of those famous Dragonlance sort of splitting points in the fan base that we've seen in the past so we've got Dragons of Summer Flame. <laughs> yeah, so which... the Fifth Age was a huge, uh, you know, deviation point. That Arguably, was the big War of one. Souls was a big one too for people who yeah. got into and were used to Fifth Age. Fifth Age, yes. I mean, even yes. Second Edition, you know, there was changes to canon and the land and characters and stuff in that Tales of Lance box set. So there's there's yeah. always been these sort of points in Dragonlance history where the fan base sort of decries change or or you know lack of understanding or acceptance so So, I mean is this it I mean this is just another one was it is it intent do you think it's intentional because Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman aren't stupid humans like they know exactly what they're writing that you know they know where they've come from they know how passionate the fan base is so is this them just telling the story they want to tell do you think they are aware of the real huge changes? I think yeah. we wait until book three to know. Yeah. That's that's my take. Do you guys think there was any um, adjustment in scripts based on reaction from the fans? Do you think that ever happens with them? It's very possible um, i don't know the 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 second book has been finished for you know well over a year so there's been plenty of time to go back and make adjustments i don't i don't know if they would i don't know if that's you know something that they're into um because a lot of times books you know they, they go through rewrites just like movies go through reshoots and, and rewrites um so, I mean, and it happens. I just don't know if it's something that they would do, um, especially since they're not really, they're kind of on their own. They're, they're working through license uh, from Wizards of the Coast. They're not working directly with Wizards of the Coast anymore mm-hmm. uh, to write this. So I, I feel like they, f- they probably feel like they have more freedom to do what they want. Um, you know, Wizards of the Coast has to approve things, of course, uh, as we did hear about the, uh, stuff from the first book that had to get changed, but yeah, you know, we didn't really hear about that for this for this one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was just kept quiet or if they just didn't have to change as much or didn't want to change as much. I was gonna say it sounds like the third book is well done. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, Chris brings up an interesting um, 
comment here. He says that Mark West and Chase Hickman have said that this story is something that they had to tell. Like, there's just this sense of urgency. They literally went to court in order to be able to tell it and release, and put it out there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, with that in mind, what do you guys think? I'm uh, Is this... What is the reason, do you think, that they had to tell it, that this story? Is it just that they needed a payday? <laughs> is it, you know, what what is it? Chuck, do you have an opinion? Boy, that's a tough one, because so far the story we've been given is a lot of question marks, which is good and bad things. But, I, I mean, unless that third book really does an amazing job... I mean, so far, this story that they've told is not super useful so far. I mean, it hasn't changed anything, hasn't done anything. So, I mean, there, there's high, I mean, once you get the fandom, was high in speculation that this book would undo parts of the, the history of Dragonlance that people dislike. Right. I don't know if he'll do it or not. I mean... I sure hope it doesn't go to everything at, at the end of Return of the Jedi. I mean, book three, we we get the everything has a happy ending because I mean I know Margaret or I know Tracy's big big into the Star Wars trilogy stuff. We got Empire Strikes Back here where everything's really dark and and, and depressing at the end of book two. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, I struggle with this trilogy. It's been a fun read, but the story. Mm-hmm. So let's say this is a, a river of time situation, and they're just doing the Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman fork of this river. Um, and the the reality is, is they're licensed for this trilogy. I know Margaret made a statement that she has been writing about the Ranneker, um, uh young woman, and she has a story that she's sort of got in her head about her, Alice, but whether or not she would be able to put it out or ever return to the trilogy again is literally, in my opinion, because I don't know, in my ignorance, I don't know if, if there's ever going to be another Dragonlance story at all. Do you think that there's any weight on these authors in order to make sure that they have some semblance of a conclusion at this third novel? Or is it? do you think that they would just be like, okay, well, this is the end that we're going to stop with and not really answer any of these questions that, that everyone has. What do you think, Travis? Oh, geez. And I think my video is kind of frozen. Can you still hear me? Oh, yeah. Yep. It is frozen. Let me see if I can... Weird. But go ahead. We can't hear you. Weird. Anyway, um... I, I don't know. I, I think, um... I think they're going... I, I get the vibe that they're going to put it in a place to where from uh, multiple... Um, uh, from this story, there could be multiple takes on Dragonlance, you know? And it keeps it to where they can do their own thing if their own thing continues. Um, but, you know, it also gives them separation from... Um, uh, Watsy, so that way Watsy can have their mages of high sorcery and Weiss and Hickman can have their wizards of high sorcery and so on and so forth. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on with the, the video. It's frozen in Skype and I'm not able to bring it over from Skype. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll check on my end. I just didn't want to goof up your... Um, yeah, no, don't, don't worry about it. Um, if you just want to like turn the video on or off or, or I don't know, jump out and then jump right back in or something, uh, you, it's okay. It's, it's all good, but your audio is good. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it does seem to be a, a strange point in time to make that sort of a call there. You know, I, I know the, um, D and D five E design leads have suggested that there could be a return to Dragonlance and Planescape and Spelljammer and stuff and Ravenloft, um, in after this new edition comes out, but that's not a promise that it ever will, and so this could literally be the last products of Dragonlance that we ever get official products, and if that's the case, why would you then create that huge split deviation? And then never go back to the well. 
It just seems like a strange time to do that when, you know, you could have done it 15 years ago. You could have done it 20 years ago. Why now at the end? I mean, clearly there, there, there must be another way of telling a story without completely obliterating the franchise in the process. And by obliterating, I mean ignoring a lot of it, you know, just sort of washing yeah. it away. Um, well, we know that, you know, they weren't fans of the Fifth Age stuff and they were hired to do War of Souls to fix what was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this could be a way for them to just avoid it altogether um, and, and have this end, you know, before the Chaos War happens and, you know, they, they try to tie it off with a pretty bow uh, as nicely as they can. Um, you know, the War of the Land still happens, obviously, because that's their information that's their story legend still happens because that's their story but maybe we don't even get to the point of summer flame uh maybe everything changes so much because of this new timeline uh that we find ourselves in mm-hmm. that uh you know there there's no way it goes to where chaos is freed from the gray gym and, and causes the the chaos war um because as it stands now uh, with as different of the world as, as it is, uh, you know, doing these alternate timelines, when you when you start something new, you have to be able to look forward and see what's going to change yeah. um, and what's not going to be around anymore. So now that the Dragon Queen has been conquering the world since the Third Dragon War, you know, will events for the Summer of Chaos ever line up to happen and my guess would be no because everything's so different right now the 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 things that had to happen for that story um will never happen now just because you know that's that's how time works well maybe that's not how time works as i say this trilogy did answer one question though that everybody had for for at least since 1996 five ish how did the Greg Jim get cracked? Oh, right. Yeah. Like the, oh, just a little chaos escaped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was always the, the thing when you first read that book is that, you know, it starts off with the Grey Jim's been cracked. And it's like, well, how did that happen? That happened off screen somewhere. Yeah. So and they did start. answer how did the dragon orb get to the Tower of High Sorcery? You know, um, I, I, I enjoyed that. that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But the the one thing that I dislike the most about the actual story that made the least amount of sense to me was that as they're back, you know, 1,400 years in the past, making changes that the present day day to what they should be hasn't caught up yet. Right. Why why is that not an instantaneous, as soon as something happens 1,400 years ago, that present never. Well, they would never they explain that though. That Dalimar and Justerius. Yeah, that was the weakest thing. Oh, time. <laughs> but, need, but, it, it, time needs time to catch up. No, it doesn't. But at least they <laughs> give some sort of explanation, though. Unlike seventy percent of the stuff, at least they tried to explain that. I think they just wanted to feature Dalimar more, which is fine because I love Dalimar's character. Um, so I'm I, not mad that that he I was has uh, so grateful that he didn't just you know show the those damn yeah. fingerprints again it's like not once <laughs> not thanks once. god he, he wants he wanted to <laughs> oh you know he wants to like every conversation he's like how can i shoehorn this in right yeah. hey alice <laughs> did alice you, Renneker, did you, you, did you talk cool? about my robe would you uh <laughs> Do I have a mark here? Let me. <laughs> this thing is so itchy, you know. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, the it's... Hulk Hogan of Dragonlance. Oh yeah. Let me tell you something, brother. I've got these marks. <laughs> that would be a whole different character if his voice was like Hulk Hogan. That would be <laughs> great. everything would be different about my my interpretation of him. I'll never see him the same again. I'm Pretty sorry. Sure. <laughs> uh, hey, welcome. lady, thanks for tuning in live in the chat here. Um, yeah, so I mean, really, when we're 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 talking about all these changes and 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 stuff, um, it is and in anticipation for 
answers, right? I mean, that, that is literally all we want. Mm-hmm. What the, what's the over-under? What percentage-wise? What do you think is the chance that we're going to be satisfied at the end of the next novel? We're Dragonlance fans. We'll never be satisfied. <laughs> Can't get no satisfaction. I don't know, Chuck, is there is there a a possibility that you could see that you would be, okay, they explained this and that, and that's enough. Okay, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, they explain some of the big big things, like, as long as they don't new heart it for once again showing my age where it's all just been a dream at the at the end. Yep. Like oh, I'll be okay if they throw out some explanations of of what uh, how this happened. You know, give me some give me some summaries of like even in an appendix. Like it yeah. doesn't have to be in the story. You can throw in something into the book of like, hey, here's some more author notes of how this came about. Mm-hmm. That would be that'd be fine for me. And what about you, John? Um, I mean, it's it's definitely it's intrigued me enough that that I think that the story, you know, the, the story could could stand up. I just have to forget that I read the Legend of Huma first. Um, like I said, the story you, in itself. You, you, you is, need therapy for this. I do, I do. Um, I think I'll be I'll be seeing a doctor later this week. Um, but. All in all, like it tells the story of, of Magius and Huma, and you know a lot of people, because there's a lot of people out there that haven't read the Legend of Huma, and they're now getting this historic look at characters that they probably never, you know, would have thought that they'd be able to read about. Mm-hmm. So the the fact that they're now getting these characters in a, in a main story is probably mind blowing to them in a, in a very positive way. So. I think they can pull it out. I think that you know they're they're good at what they do. Okay, Margaret and Tracy are are experts at writing Dragonlance fiction. So I, I think that if anyone can can save it from itself, um, it's them. Uh, and I hope that this has all been some sort of setup to you know last Jedi us. You know, get everybody all angry and, and questioning and pointing fingers and, and just questioning mostly uh, and, and trying to, and then they're going to give us hopefully a better resolution than the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> right. Travis? I'm just waiting for someone to throw a dragon lance over their shoulder. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's see. I think there are going to be some fans that are going to enjoy it no matter what. You know, the, the Weiss and Hickman uh, fanboys will love it. Um, I I think overall it'll be good, but, um, it, you know, if I'm being honest, fans are a divisive lot at times. And mm-hmm. uh, there are going to be some folks who will never be pleased with it, as happens every major trilogy um there's going to be some folks who will question it and i you know i don't know overall i think it'll be good um i think it'll be enjoyable and i'm hoping i'm very much hoping there's some twist at the end you know something that none of us saw coming um but we'll see yeah yeah, I, I can't imagine that they would use the third book to explain the second. Um, just from a narrative standpoint, you may have some events that do explain it, but to go through sort of step by step and and try to then, you know, say, well, this the reason why that is like that in that book is because of this, you know, weird, I don't know quantum time leap thing and and because this is that and this is here and that's there and you know we're gonna all set it all back and everything and then now everyone's fine and happy and you know here's the world that we live in and everyone loves it together i think you're absolutely right trampus when you say that the fandom is divisive and it's always been and no one's ever happy i mean every single trilogy they've put out after legends or novel they've put out in the dragonlance canon has been divisive i mean every single one so mm-hmm. and arguably even the legends and chronicles were and so if that's the starting point where no matter what 
no one is going to, not everyone is going to be happy, then they're just telling the story that they want to tell because they can't cater to a group that can't be happy. So mm-hmm. if they're just telling the story that they want to tell, I think that does then inform us where they're probably going to end it. And that is where they're happy. And we know they yes. love the companions. They love Raceland more than I think anyone ever has a healthy need to for some reason. Raceland and Tass. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like um, at this point, that seems to be the only reason that second book was written was just so we could talk about Raceland some more. But um, <laughs> like, really, I, I just I don't think anyone, you know, to your point, I don't think anyone's going to be 100 percent happy. And so if we're, if we're not 100 percent then what's the percentage that you're going to be at where you're like, okay, well, at least I didn't waste my money and time. You know, at least I've got X percent. And I think, you know, if, if I can get 50% out of a Dragonlance book of enjoyment, then then I'm okay with that. Because let's be honest, these books are not prime adult fiction. These are for young adults, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys disagree with that or not. Um, these were never meant to be, uh, like, consumed by grown humans I mean do you guys think am I wrong with that not at all so we just kind of have to look at the target audience and realize that like Star Wars we've aged out of it (laughs) I still (laughs) love it but Star Wars was built for 8 year to 12 year old boys like little kids so you know my wife calls me a 12 year old boy sometimes (laughs) That's yeah, I'm at least a sixteen-year-old, so my, my wife at least me at least makes me feel a little bit older than hers. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, no comment on my part. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. What do you guys have any uh, sort of closing comments about the fandom or the story or the authors or anything like that before we uh, sort of wrap up our conversation? Okay then. <laughs> that, I. I don't know. I I just want to say, give it a chance. Yeah. Uh, and I know I'm the Weiss and Hickman apologist for the group. I recognize that. I wear that and wear it with pride. And, you know, I it's also a little difficult for me because these people who have been my heroes, well, well to follow a theme, I guess, uh, who have been my heroes, I've come to call them friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, getting to know Margaret and Tracy gives me a certain insight on this. Um, but I, I learned a good lesson years ago from a good friend of mine. And that is sometimes don't approach things from an overly critical perspective. Sometimes just sit back and enjoy the ride. And yeah, you can say there's all these inconsistencies and there are, I'm not going to deny that. Um, but ask yourself in the end, did I enjoy it anyway? Did those inconsistencies take away from the story um, that you're reading? And try to base it on the product that it is and not necessarily compare it to someone else. Yeah, or what you expected it to be. And that's always a tough one right there because, you know, the, the Star Wars sequels, People expected a certain thing, and when it wasn't that, they're disappointed. And same with thing with the Star Wars prequels. So, right, right. right. Anyone else have anything to say? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It it didn't hit on all cylinders because of you know reasons that we've we've already uh, beat into the ground, um, but. You know, it's it's a new Dragonlance book. It's a new book from Margaret and Tracy. Um, you know, over the years, I've met them both several times. Um, we had a, a dinner several years ago at Gen Con that Margaret and Cam, a bunch of the uh, MWP uh, people came to, and Margaret sat directly across from me. Like, that's just where her seat ended up being. I was just, like, fanboying out the whole time. Um, you know, I, I love Margaret, I love Tracy, um, and I never won't, um, you know, and I'll always support their work. So I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, the third book will, will answer some things. And, uh, you know, I've heard that 
this book is better the second time around. So um, once I finish with the books I'm currently doing, I'll go back and, and I'll, I'll check it out again. So and maybe I'll read it this time instead of listening to it. That might have uh, a different effect by mm -hmm. reading it instead of listening to an audio book version. Um, it did for me. So oh. I'm looking forward to it. I just want I just want to know if the audiobook version because I'm listening to it after I read it. I thought they gave the authors gave notes of pronunciations of names. Yeah, I did. Too. You know, I thought so too. Jared. Is this constitute? I'm like, oh, there's so many things that are just said wrong here that. Mm -hmm. Well, we've never had a good. Um guide on how names are pronounced in Dragonlance. The only thing we had was in Holy Orders of the Stars where they well, went into the gods' names and even at that, some of them are pronounced different ways. Well, in right. WotC, though, when they did do the other audiobooks, though, a lot of times include the authors to, like, Ed Greenwood helps with the, the names, make sure everybody's saying them right. The way, the way he's, he at least says them, and, mm -hmm. which helps here, it's definitely not. This is this is the one book that you got Majere. And and before they've always said Majir mm -hmm. in the other audiobooks. Right. So Yeah, I mean Tracy Hickman did straight up say on camera that he he was asked by them to send pronunciations and he did send it. So but that was for the first drag of the seat. So maybe it just didn't get yeah. passed to this this narrator. I don't know. But it, no, is, I was, I was it adds surprised. to the inconsistencies and, and problems, especially with us insane fans. Because I get I get flack every day from videos about me saying stuff wrong. And they're like, <laughs> I love the video. You did such a great job, except for you saying this. And this is how you say it. How dare you change it? I'm just like, all right, man. Well, thanks for watching. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I've noticed argue. this for years, like with the, with the podcast, you know, we talk about... Um, all these different names and how one of us will say one word one way and another say another way. And, you know, like I listen to your videos, I hear different words, different ways. And it's like, oh, that's just how you uh, do it. And meanwhile, Weiss and Hickman are there just saying, you know, how's it pronounced? However you think it's pronounced, yeah. you know, it's, it's not a big deal to them. Right. Cause they, they say it's Bapu and that doesn't make any sense to me. I and Uma you know, and see, I always said Huma because it's like human, mm -hmm. but uh, they always say Huma. But, but I tell you, the one that got me was when I first heard Margaret Wise say Michical because that's the way I say it. Oh, but yeah. she says Michakal. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rough for me. <laughs> But what do you? I don't care. I mean, you know, there's regional dialects change for regular words, so why not for these? You know, why would this be any different? Um, so right. I don't really care when it comes to pronunciations and stuff. It, it's yeah. the the core of the setting that I appreciate, and uh, the the shared camaraderie through that. You know, I think is a lot of fun. Well, speaking of that, you guys over at Dragonlance Nexus have a lot going on. So, do you want to throw out anything that you got in the pipeline? Yeah, I can touch on a couple things. Uh, we've been, Tim's been working on a conversion of Dragonlance 1 through 5 called Alden Twilight. That will be dropping in October on DM's Guild. Um, that will just be a conversion kit for the first five modules. Um, running them in 5th edition. Uh, Megan's uh, Shadows of a... Oh boy, I should have wrote Shadow that one down. Shadow of the Black Rose. Shadow of the Black Rose. I always want to say Fallen Rose, and I'm like, that's not right. Shadows of the Fallen Rose, that's going to go to hardcover, print-on-demand, or softcover. Um, and that should be out shortly on DMs Guild. Um, mm -hmm. We're finishing up our Rich and Knack project with uh, Richard. Um, hopefully we have that out around Thanksgiving time. We're working on a source book for Champions of Kryn slash uh, the next couple parts of that. That should be out January, February. Jeez. And we're going to GaryCon, so. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the funny thing is, is beyond all that, there are other projects that a lot of us have in mind. You know, Megan's got ideas, I've got ideas, uh, and I'm certain we all do, and um we're just having fun, you know, we're, we're doing Dragonlance our way. And I hope that our years of 
devotion and um, our love of Dragonlance uh, shows through. And um, we we just appreciate the fans and the support. And thank you all. Yeah. Well, I think it, if there could be a sort of uh, an old school group of individuals that have kept that flame, it is definitely you guys uh, throughout, you know, all the different, all, all the, the myriad of years that we've gone through, whether it's a, uh, uh, feast or famine with Dragonlance content, you guys have been the one consistency. <laughs> so thanks for doing that. And of course, moving it in, you know, further developing stuff for newer generations of uh, players and newer systems, I think is incredibly important because that just keeps Dragonlance in the zeitgeist. And that's always a good thing in my opinion. So yeah. um, thank you gentlemen for joining me for this conversation. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime in the future. Definitely. Yeah, we got another book Definitely. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you guys so much for tuning in live in chat. We appreciate you. Uh, of course, if you're watching this after the fact, let us know in the comments what you thought of Dragons of uh, Fate or any of the conversation points that we hit on today. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, uh, Dragonless Nexus does have a YouTube channel. You can go check them out there as well and then uh, check out their website and everything they're putting up on DMs Guild. That is going to do it for today's Hangout. Uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic afternoon. And until next time, Salon Javar. <laughs>